Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bamcast Extra, episode 84. We're back. I'm Chuck. And I'm Harlow. And here we are doing another episode with a new format. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully a little smoother this time. Worked out some kinks. Uh, so this week on Bamcast Extra. We've been working on it all day and all of the night. <laughs> Good kinks reference. Thanks. Good job. <laughs> <sighs> I set him up. Anyway, don't cry foul on this one. This is arguably a great movie. Uh, we decided to watch 1972's The Poseidon Adventure. Hmm. I might have mentioned that last week. Yeah. I, I, t- I ran with your... You, you took the baton. You handed me the baton. And I was like, hey, let's do that. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's how the runners sound when they, they grab the baton. And they go, hey, lady. Plus, there's two more potential Poseidon things that we could watch that probably don't have the, ac- the accolades that this one does. Right. This was set up so we can get to other places, right. basically. But it's an excuse to watch Poseidon Adventure, which turns out is a... You don't need an excuse to watch Poseidon Adventure. Right. But uh, So let's talk about the cast and crew of the Poseidon Adventure. Okay. And I think what we're going to do going forward is just really talk about these people as if like their career was Banffcast related, and that's it. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> running through the cast, uh, the star of the film is Gene Hackman mm-hmm. of Loose Cannons fame. I wasn't here for that one. No, you were very fortunate because that, but I have seen that movie. That movie is goddamn trash. It pretty much is. Also, Ernest Borgnine from mm-hmm. Convoy. Yeah. <laughs> Shelley Winters, surprisingly, from Cleopatra Jones and the Delta Force. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Red Buttons, of course, from Chomps. Chomps <laughs> and the Ambulance. Uh, and f- this week's most decorated Banffcast alum is Roddy McDowell, making his fifth appearance after appearing in Shackma, GoBots, the Rock Battle Lords, of the Rock Battle Lords. of the Rock Lords, Challenge of the Rock Lords, Challenge of the Challenge of the GoBots, Battle of the Rock Lords. Okay, yeah, that sounds I, right. I had to get it straight because yeah. yeah. those prepositional phrases sound like they're in the right order. Right. Uh, also, Class of 1984 and Scavenger Hunt. So, uh, the director also directed Meteor. Mm-hmm which is no Poseidon adventure. <laughs> no. Even though it features a lot of water. And also one of the uh one of the two or three credited writers on this also wrote over the top. So <laughs> good job with that illustrious career. Yeah. Now it's the bottoms over at the top of the ship. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh so let's get into the plot. Oh, okay. Which if you've not ever heard of the Poseidon Adventure, it's a, it's a pretty pretty easy plot to describe. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, how many times have you seen the Poseidon Adventure? Let me ask you. Uh, in its entirety? Yeah. O- only a couple. Only but a couple? I've seen, like, it's a, t- it was a TBS more, you know, afternoon oh, sure. classic, so, like, I would see scenes from it all okay. the time, time. This was only my second or third viewing of the Poseidon Adventure, okay. so why don't you run us through the overarching plot of... Sure. Yeah, it, it's all right. So it's a luxury cru- cruise liner, mm-hmm. but its days are kind of numbered. In fact, actually, this is its final voyage. Yes. Um, Captain Leslie Nielsen <laughs> is uh, pretty much the same plot as Titanic. He's got, you know, business dude is just like, we have a decommissioning crew standing by. They won't wait full speed ahead, despite like they open up the movie and like they're in choppy, bad conditions. Like, yeah, like batting down the hatches. Everybody stay in your cabins. Like we've got ropes to get up and down bridges, you know, gangways and stuff outside. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so you know they get back to smoother water waters and the business dude's like yeah full speed ahead fuck everything and then and, and there's like I don't, let's at least take some take on some ballast or something and he's yeah. like nah fuck it go he's like look there are three other dudes here who can also captain this boat by this point so right. uh you either do this yeah. or yeah you're being I mean, replaced technically wasn't he about to lose his job anyway he should have just been like hey you know what fuck you guy yeah i'm the captain here yeah no look at me <laughs> look at me i'm the captain now um but yeah so like of course uh bad things are going to happen because it's a disaster movie uh so there is a uh, uh earthquake like a sea-based earthquake uh, off the isle of crete yes and it causes a tsunami though they never say tsunami um, but I know what a tsunami is, and mm-hmm. it causes a tsunami, which they are kind of watching until it's too late, and then it's like they try to st- steer the ship into it, but it's too late, so the ship caps capsizes. Yeah, it seems like they're watching it for a long time. Uh huh. Like, well, like they're like they've got it on the radar. Yeah, and like you know they're, they're like, like there it is. So what's that? <laughs> that? That's that's probably not good. And then yeah. they're like, hey. They wait until they can physically see it. <laughs> hey, look left. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> steer the ship into it. Yeah. Um. And yes. which, which actually, okay. So I one thing I know I'm. We're recapping the plot, and I shouldn't bring this up. It's fine. But uh, I, I like because true nautical terms, mm-hmm. um, they are trying to turn the ship left, and they say hard to starboard, which is correct. When you hard like in old school shipping, you you would turn the opposite way, would turn the rudder right. to the way you want to go. So yes. when you would say hard to starboard, that meant hard left. I just like that. that okay. Like in old school shipping, that that's actually correct. Okay. A lot of people might think that's a flub or a glitch or whatever. Goofs. A goof. <laughs> a big silly goof, but it's not. Um, anywho. Um, so, yes, ship capsizes. Uh, lots of mayhem in, in, uh, ensues. Yes. Uh, most. Oh, also, I, th- I think this movie came up and when we were talking about, hey, there's no New Year's Eve movies. Side Adventure is a New Year's Eve movie. It absolutely is. Um, so they're having a New Year's Eve celebration in the ballroom. So the majority of the people on the ship are in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you... Basically, you have the people that survive the ship capsizing because, I mean, it goes fucking crazy and a whole bunch of people die. Um, the ones that are left, like some of them are like, hey, the ship's upside down. We got to cl- climb up to the engine room because that's now the top of the ship and it's where the steel is thinnest. And the, and a whole bunch of other people are like, nah, no, nah, we're going to get rescued. We just, just got to stay right here. Yeah. So you've so, got crew people who are telling people, stay put. Someone will come and get us. Right. And the leader of this bunch is Gene Hackman, who right. is a kind of a radical preacher. He's not like your everyday, yeah. like, hey, pray to God to help you. He's like, why don't you get off your ass and help yourself and God will be happy with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he gives like this sermon about how like, you know, like God likes winners and, you know, don't just, yeah. if you need help, go help. So he's like, he's energized. He's like, let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. God's got two words for you. Be best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is God's, God's message. It doesn't have very good grammar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, bad. so like, yeah, he c- grabs a few people and they agree to go with them. And yeah, they make their way through the ship. Yeah. So you've got like this yeah. tight knit group of like nine people. And mm-hmm. then along the way, some of them don't make it. Right. Um, yeah. But I mean, like a large, like, all right. So that takes us through most of the movie. The, I think the scene, you know, if, if there are scenes to that bear mentioning, um, obviously the actual capsizing of the room is a fucking sp- stunt spectacular of, of, on the grandest scale. Holy shit. Because <laughs> there's shit exploding. There's obviously they're tilting the stage, you mm-hmm. know, and then you've got people like grabbing onto shit and falling, um, people hitting railing and flying over. I mean, it's just, it's, it is a stunt spectacular of people dying basically. Yeah. And it's horrific. Yeah. Like it, 
you know, this movie came out in 1972, so you might go into it thinking, oh, it's going to be silly. No, these stunts are terrifying and real, and, like, the terror these people are experiencing is like, oh, God, this is a nightmare. It's not like, haha, this is silly. Mm-hmm. It's it's horrific. Yeah. And, like, eventually when the boat completely capsizes, there are some people who were still, like, hanging on to tables and stuff who are now on the ceiling, and they're just dropping to their death. I mean, this is right. a long sequence of just nightmarish visuals. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, so, a lot of people die. Yeah. So the primary people that are left behind. Um, so we've got, they describe them as kids. One of them is not a kid at all. She's like 20. But um, but like the sister is stuck up in one of those table scenarios. And mm-hmm. then you've got the annoying, precocious little kid who is way into boats and see very faring things. So he's just the kid. It's like, I know the boat because I got a tour of all this stuff. Well, I want to say on the range of annoying kids, he is barely a blip on that radar because like his knowledge is right every single time. Yeah. Okay. And it's not helpful. However, his voice is annoying because everything he does is like, I am acting. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. yeah, In that, in that term. Yeah. He's a seventies acting kid. He's, he's very useful though. Yes. However. So like there's a whole sequence where, um, it's Pamela Sue Martin is the one who's like his sister is trapped Mm -hmm. up on a table and they do the fireman, like grab a tablecloth and jump down and save her. No, No problems there. Yeah. Um, and then you, uh, Rodney McDowell is like, up on this upper level and he's like oi <laughs> i hurt my leg like cuz he they gave him like super british accent in this um no, i believe he's he's irish or scottish okay. in this which which like took me like wait what accent is he doing that's Roddy McDowell. <laughs> yeah. yeah um but yes he's like you know i hurt my leg and you know can you help me down and he's like wait we may, might actually want to come up where you are does yeah that, we need to go up does that lead to the kitchen and then to the engine room and he's like yeah i, I think so <laughs> and so they Another another horrific thing is like after everything's settled, oh, man. There, there's this giant metal <laughs> Christmas tree that f- starts to keel over and crushes like four people. Like that just they barely they don't even like really try to get out of the way. They're just like that tree's coming down. Yeah. They get fucking pancaked. And then it's it's like in the same shot, they just start talking about something else. They're just like literally like, hey, four people just died right in front of me. Let's do this other thing. <laughs> yeah. But they end up getting that Christmas tree that fell over and they use it like a ladder and climb up to this ledge yes. where Roddy McDowell is and that's going to begin their adventure. Uh-huh. And they have one final like, hey, everyone else, anyone that wants to come? No, no. Okay. Um, so they, they've put red buttons in charge of going around and pleading with people, please yeah. come with us. Don't stay here. You're going to die. So so your basic your basic crew that's going to run through most of the rest of the ship like I said, we will talk about some people who won't make it, is Gene Hackman is Preacher Man who's leading the charge. Mm-hmm. Um, Ernest Borgnine is this ex-cop who's now married to a former prostitute. Yeah. Um, in, um, Stella Stevens. Stella Stevens. Uh, you've got... Um, you've got Red Buttons, who was like this health nut old, you know... Bachelor Bachelor man. dude. Yeah. Um, so he kind of like latches on. There's this hippie singer chick that... Um, was with a band and like freaked out because her brother got killed and all this stuff and yeah. Um, Carol Lindley is who mm-hmm. that is and like so he's basically just like come on you know come come with me now. Yep. Um, you've got the brother and sister. Um, the the whatever the hell their names are it doesn't matter. Uh, the Shelbys. Um, okay. and then you've got uh Uncle Jack from Willy Wonka, <laughs> and uh and and Shelley Winters are a married yeah. couple. I guess they were on their way. I think eventually they were going to Israel. They're going to Israel yeah. to see their grandson. Yeah. Um, did I miss anybody? That's, 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 it. that's the crew. Yeah. yeah so like, they're all like, you know, arguing and going like, fine, yeah. we're going to climb up the street. Cause so, like Leslie Nielsen died the second the wave hit oh, the yeah, boat. Yeah. Like, like it, it obliterated the captain's cabin. <laughs> Just yeah. like the, the bridge was wiped out immediately. Yeah. So it, but, it's, yeah. it's so weird seeing Leslie Nielsen in this. Cause I just, 
you always picture him with that dumb fart machine that he would have on talk shows and stuff. And I just, there are so many scenes where he just says something super dramatic and just pauses and you just like want to dub in fart noises. And it's just, it's always strange seeing Leslie Nielsen before he made that switch. So, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Who are you? How did you get in here? I'm a locksmith and I'm a locksmith. <laughs> it's a good joke. It's one of the best jokes of all time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anyway, so like they, they climb up the tree, and this is this starts the Shelly Winters is like, I'm fat, I can't climb thing. I can't do this because I'm fat. She she is like her biggest detractor in this. And like everyone is like, come on, Shelly Winters, you can do it. And she's like, I'm fat, I'm not going to happen. And everyone yeah. else will go like, hey, Shelly Winters. At first I was go. like, man, this movie's fat shaming the fuck out of Shelly Winters. But then I was like, no, it's just Shelly Winters doing it. Everyone mm-hmm. else is like, come on, just go. You can do this. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. <laughs> um, But like, so they eventually all get up there and like, like last second, like the Gene Hackman standing up there with the Christmas tree, like, yeah, look, yo, and because like there's, you know, like the what eight or nine of them are, have left or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I could do the math, but that's counting. Um, are already up there, and and it's like, but there's like forty or fifty people still left down below, or just like we're listening to this guy who's basically like the concierge. I yeah. mean, like he's he's acting like he's as important as the captain, but like he's the hotel manager part exactly. of the ship. Like nothing nautical. Like I take care of the rooms and the wait staff and all yeah. that stuff. It's like, but he's acting like he knows all this. Anyway, this guy's just like, nope, staying here. We're going to get rescued. Stop bugging us. And then like, he's just like, all right, well, and then like <laughs> water bursts up and this room starts filling up and like people try to climb up the tree, end up knocking the tree over and yeah. they're left behind. And Gene Ackman has to have this like, stand there and like oh man he has a very long like yeah. this is horrific yeah. i can't believe i'm watching this happen but like oh, oh well <laughs> but this this i mean like i said this is all kind of one scene because like this yeah. is all in that ballroom and like that's that's one whole scene like i said i feel like it's it's worth mentioning because yep. it's it's probably the highlight of the whole movie because yes. it's like stunt spectacular you know it's who's, who's everything co- in motion who's coming with me yeah you know and then like you know and then the like a whole bunch of people die even more people die yes so as I said, the rest of the, it's mostly just them going compartment to compartment, you know, having adventures, finding shits on fire here. We have to go around here. Yeah. It, this it's door's just blocked. A, a number of yeah. uh, unforeseeable circumstances and situations that they don't know if they're going to. It's just like, okay, we need to climb up there and go through there. But it's like, mm-hmm. once we get up there, we don't know what could be up there. We don't know if we can get out of there. Right. Um, so it's just a long series of those did, things. Did you have any scenes in particular that you wanted to mention? Yeah, I, I want I want to mention uh, Gene Hackman's final scene. OK, um, so along the way, people die. Um, Roddy, I mean, Roddy McDowell goes like a fucking chump. He, he is does. just like, I'm here and now I'm no longer here. Like like maybe he told the director, fuck you one day. And the director was like, you're dead. Mm-hmm. That's how fast he's written out of this movie. Yeah, because like they, he dies and like they're, they're basically going up like a. a shaft like yeah. a, like and you know climbing up almost looks like an elevator shaft mm-hmm. but I, mean, I don't know probably not but yeah he just like falls into fiery water and it's like okay he's done yeah and it's just like wait yeah. <laughs> but so when i saw this movie as a kid gene hackman gene hackman does not survive this film he he makes a sacrifice at the end to close the steam valve uh and and dies as a result and that pissed me off so much i didn't really have the concept of a hero can die in a movie. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, as a dumb kid with dumb opinions, that soured me on this whole movie. I was like, man, fuck that movie. Um, it, it, the way it's shot still bothers me a little bit because it looks like in the reverse shot that the valve that he needs to turn is within reach 
of where he is perched. Mm -hmm. He didn't have to jump over to it. So it seems like he still could have closed it and survived it. But also, the movie doesn't do a great job of explaining what he's really trying to do is because, like, they have been demoralized at this point because, like, Willy Wonka guy has lost Shelly Winters because she died. And which, which I was going to say, like, if there was other, one other scene I was going to bring up other mm -hmm. than the stunt spectacular, like, they they hero death her the hardest out of anyone in this whole movie. Yeah, they do. Because, like, she does the Jurassic Park gymnastics thing, you know, of, like, I was underwater I, swimming champ for, like, three years in a row. Yeah. Like, there's a point where we have to swim underwater. I got this. And Gene Hapkins like, no, I'm going. And then, like gets stuck and she comes and rescues him and then is like, yeah, yeah I did it. I, you know, I may be fat on land, but I'm a beautiful butterfly in the water and then has a heart attack and dies in Gene Hackman's arms yeah. while everyone else is like stuck on the other side Wondering of the water. Wondering what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So Gene Hackman gives a really good like, please God, not this woman. Mm -hmm. Like he like of all the deaths, like that one is the one that, mm -hmm. you know, because yeah, he's alive because of her. Um, but anyway, so like, like she died and Stella Stevens died, you know, because like the boat rocked and then she fell into a, a fire mm -hmm. um but so like everyone is just demoralized no one wants to keep going and so gene hackman kind of realizes i gotta do this to to motivate everyone to go uh it's it's just not it, it i don't think it's hammered home as much as it should have been about his ultimate sacrifice in this movie it still kind of feels like this kind of dumb decision that this character made to do but i just want to i just want to say you know, if anyone ever remembers talking to me <laughs> when I was a kid saying that Poseidon Adventure is a shit movie because of this, I forget that. I was totally wrong. That's it's a it's a good scene in a good movie. So, yeah, that stands out. But I mean, you know, obviously the 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 middle 40 minute stunt spectacular in the in the ballroom is is the highlight of this movie by right. far. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't let up. I mean, there is constant. You know, like if you have any kind of fear of water or tight spaces, this movie is just like, ha ha, <laughs> yeah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because they, they do this kind of like they don't. The I water just, is basically chasing. Them. Yeah, I was going to say like the, the and, and the interesting thing about it is, is like, unlike I feel like if this, this movie had been made even 10 or 20 years later, like that would have been much more like a creeping thing. Like, I think yeah. it would have been like just constant. It, it'd almost be like the 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 hatch that they were watching a gray lady down. Mm -hmm. It would just be like constantly like, Oh, the water's right behind us. We got to keep moving. Yeah. You know, like, but no, they have, they have times where it's like, they can stop and catch their breath and yes. like have some character moments. So it's not quite that ticking clock. It's just cause, cause besides watching all the other people in the ballroom die, there is a point where they, they hit this, um, they call it Broadway, this big long, uh, so, hallway that goes the entire length of the ship. Yeah. And they meet, a, like, they're just sitting there, like, horrible things have just happened. I don't even remember which it was. But, like, they're sitting there, like, catching their breath. And, like, they just see a whole bunch of people over walking down the hallway. And they're like, holy shit, we're not alone. And they go catch up. And it's, like, the ship's doctor is like, we all got to go to the front of the ship. And they're like, no, that's, like. It's underwater, that's, dude. Yeah, you're going, like, can't you see you're going downhill? And he's like, front of the ship, that's where we're going. And he just, like, tries, like, and pleads. And they just go off anyway. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a lot of pleading with the masses to please don't die. Yeah. And the masses are just like, no, we're going to die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. But yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, they end up getting cut, cut out of the bottom of the ship, uh, like just like he said, uh, where it was one inch thick steel instead of two or three. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so Ernest Borgnine, um, Uncle Jack, yep. the, the two kids. Yep. Um, red buttons. Red buttons and the singer lady make it out. And that's it. Yeah. The singer lady. So there's a song from this movie called The Morning After, mm -hmm. which the credits call the song from the Poseidon Adventure. 
That is that is the title of the song in the closing credits. It is literally in quotes called the song from the Poseidon Adventure, which makes me laugh because it's like, okay, obviously someone was just like, fuck, who cares? Just call it the song from the Poseidon Adventure. But also it's it's almost like 21st century marketing of just like, yeah, that's what they would call the Transformer song or, you know, whatever dumb thing came so, out today. Wait, that's not a real song outside this movie? No, it was for this. They recorded it for this oh, movie. Okay. Yeah. That this is where it's from. Yeah, I mean, I've heard, <laughs> I, I've realized this was the origin of it. Yeah, I just, I just that credit made me laugh so hard. It's <laughs> like, really, that's not like a placeholder. Like you, just, <laughs> the song from the Poseidon Adventure. I would just love to have watched the Oscars that year. Just like, and now the song from the Poseidon Adventure. The song from the Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, production. We kind of, we kind of talked all about it, but you know, this is. A logistical nightmare to mm-hmm. take what would be a, a layout of a boat and turn it upside down and have people try to navigate it. I, it, from a production standpoint, it deserves all the credit in the world because it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, there's there's one thing this movie does where pretty much the entire time the camera is doing like this slow pan tilt back and forth to simulate that they're on water, and it's really clever. Like, it's subtle. It, it never interferes with anything. And it's mm-hmm. never to the point where the characters have to react to it. Like, no one in the movie is swaying or anything. But just the 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 wherewithal to go into the production and say, okay, for the entire production, constantly just kind of tilt and pan the camera up and down, back and forth. Um, and I, I started obsessing about it because I was, like, watching for when they would cut. And most of the cuts work. Like they, they're not jarring. It's not like, okay, now it's tilted this way and now they cut to the opposite person and it's tilted the other way. Mm-hmm. Like it, they've matched it up really well. It just, all the production of this movie is just wrapping my head around it. It just hurts and it's, it's very impressive. Yeah. So, um, I would say the soundtrack also, you know, it's good action disaster movie mm-hmm. music. Plus it has the song from the Poseidon. Adventure, it does. Yeah. <laughs> which is almost dark groovy, but no, yeah, it's more like what will happen at the end of the movie <laughs> right. than telling I you mean, what's going, like, what is happening. Yeah, this so. is just, there's got to be, you know, please let us yeah. get out of this. <laughs> so, I guess we should rate it. Sure, why not? Poseidon Adventure. I guess that's what we do. Yeah. I feel bad rating this one on the on the Banffcast scale because, I mean, this is a legit good movie. This this mm-hmm. was the start of the disaster movie thing. This this was really the movie that all other movies were chasing. And I, I kind of want to say, I don't think many got anywhere close to this in terms of just like constant danger and turmoil and the things that the characters have to go through. It's, I mean, I kind of always point to this, uh, the Kurt Russell movie executive decision. I always think that's a better action movie than a lot of people give it credit for because it's just the stakes keep raising throughout that. And it's just like, Jesus, how are they going to get out of this? Mm -hmm. This movie is that it's, it's this constant, like, blind faith going into a corridor and thinking, you know, like this grating on the other end of it is not going to be locked and water's not going to rush in and just murder them all. Um, but so, I mean, if I got to do this on the, on the Banffcast scale, which I will, uh, I'm it's, it's a five jocks movie. I mean, this is, this is the, the top of the mountain for the disaster movies. Like mm-hmm. nothing really got here ever since it, it launched so many attempts and a lot of those movies are, are pretty entertaining, but, this is a legit good movie, and the cast is ridiculous. I mean, it's just a ridiculous cast. Um, 
my my really only qualm about this whole movie is that Roddy McDowell goes out like a chump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he seemed like an integral, and I, I kind of get the point of his death was that he was the only one amongst them who had any knowledge of the ship, and now with him gone, they, it's an extra level of oh god, we don't know where we're going. But it's also he's just like okay, I'm here now, ah, <laughs> and then he falls to his death, and you're just like well shit. <laughs> so, but yeah, five jocks. The the Poseidon Adventure is a hell of a movie. I, I can agree with that. Yeah, I mean, this is... Uh, I've, I've name-dropped this before when talking about other disaster things, including last week's, where almost any water-based disaster movie makes me think of this. But as you said, it probably should be just about any disaster movie because I'm, I'm struggling to think of anything... I, I can't think of a, of a blockbuster disaster movie before this. I mean, they were all, like, small-scale, yeah. like, oh, no, you know, thing, and, yeah. you know, like, something like Failsafe, where it's like, right. you know, it's like ticking clock and people in a room dealing with it you know like but it's not going places it's not doing things there's no big giant set pieces or anything like exactly. that you know so um yeah i i don't i don't know i mean it, it's weird because i mean now that i think about it like the any quote-unquote blockbuster movies before this were almost always like big giant historical epics like this like this really kind of changed the landscape of filmmaking in so many ways. It was like a whole new genre. Yeah, it really was. I mean, like... I mean, you had, like, westerns. You had you had scope and scale and stuff sure. like that. But you just didn't have, like, oh, shit, everything's gone wrong. Right. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. It was usually, like, biblical epics or westerns or, you know, some other historical epic type thing. And yeah. That was your that was your big tentpole movies. Not You know, like, this was, like, for better or worse, I mean, changed, I think, Hollywood in, in a lot of ways. Um, it certainly gave Urban Allen a career for a very long period of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a to me it's a essential movie. Um, yeah, that you know for film history, um, and and strangely, like there, like, like you said, there there is so little of this movie that doesn't that hasn't aged well. I mean, like this movie, for the most part, other than like some of the decor and dress and whatnot, yeah, isn't isn't dated really. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, like other than like, you know, they're listening to hippy dippy, you know, things and, you know, singer lady that comes with them is dating, you know, looks like she's rocking out with Mott the Hoople or something. <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's like, you know, it's just like, there's, there's nothing like, you know, weird happening. Yeah. Like that's like su- super dated about any of this. Yeah. And it's not, it, and it, I mean, spoiler, I've seen the Poseidon remake and it, it does not do as nearly as good of a job as, as this movie does, mm-hmm. but it's just like, it's not like, Oh, what if they had all had cell phones? Cell phones wouldn't have gone dick for them. I mean, right. like you could argue that the the top of the bottom of the boat was too thick to get a signal out, so it wouldn't have mattered. But also, they're in the middle of the fucking ocean. Mm-hmm. So, what good would it have? I mean, you know, it's just like the the advent of technology ruins a lot of seventies movies. I don't think it affects this one one bit. Yeah. If you were in the middle of ocean and your boat capsized, you'd be fucked. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't think the technology factor hurts it at all. He's a good movie. Yeah. So, what was your rating? Oh, I can you with I'll me? go five jocks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a hell yeah. of a movie. Yeah. Certainly is, and I think we can go ahead and say what movie does it make us want to? What movie do we want to watch? Curiosity. Uh, Beyond the Poseidon Adventure. Yeah, I've never seen a frame of that. I neither have I. And I have seen the Poseidon remake. Like when yeah. it was fairly new, but that's what almost ten years now. How yeah, long ago? Two thousand six. It came yeah, out. Yeah. Okay. So. But yeah, 1979's Beyond the Poseidon Adventure just sounds like a goofy ass premise, and uh... <laughs> it'd be really funny if it's like 
about the people that survived the Poseidon adventure. Well, I, I've done some cursory research. Oh, okay. Like of some initially they pitched, what if Gene Hackman had a twin brother mm. and he came back to look for him? <laughs> <laughs> Which, oh my God, why doesn't that movie exist? That would be amazing. I don't know why. <laughs> like, why you have to call in your twin brother to find you? Like, there are plenty of qualified people who could probably do it. Yeah. I mean, what is his job? Like, what is his job title? Yeah, is he also... He's just an accountant. He's yeah. just like, no, I gotta go find my brother on the Upside Down ship. <laughs> my name is Lean Knackman. <laughs> I don't know why I have a different last name. <laughs> and also, that wasn't the character's name anyway. Yeah. Fine, forget I said anything. Yep. I, I just along those lines, I, I kind of appreciate Gene Hackman's character in this of just being like this, this preacher who is, he's still a preacher. I mean, he's mm-hmm. still, you know, this godly person, but he's also just like, man, this, this whole thing of just praying and not doing anything about any of your problems. That's bullshit. Well, I mean, I, I actually started to bring this up earlier and I didn't, uh, his character very much reminds me of the, the guy from the exorcist too, mm. where it's like, I've seen some shit. You know, and, and the similar time period. It's yeah. just like, I've seen some shit. I'm not sure how much I'm down with all this blind faith stuff anymore. Yeah. You know, like there are things that quote unquote God and religion don't answer, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, how do you explain this? Blah, blah, blah. You know, kind of, kind of partially lost their fate, but not completely kind of, you know, things. Yeah. And that was, uh, I don't know. I mean, one could probably do some sort of societal look at like why that became a popular plot point at the time you know if it i, I think I there mean, was some progressive movement within certain church circles of, of starting to think that way and then the 80s came along and squashed the sure, shit out I, of I know i mean it's like <laughs> I, I i'm just curious if like if, if you know you have your your norman rockwell style 50s home life into early 60s you know does does the civil rights movement vietnam does all of that like start to you know make you think like Oh, well, we were actually way wrong, yeah. you know, like, I mean, I'm just curious, like, why it became a, a popular trope, if you will, of the disenfranchised man of the cloth or, you know, yeah. religious figures in general, yeah. you know, like, it, it's something, you know, something could be said about the the time period, just because, like I said, this is, what, a year off of each other, and, you know, yeah, yeah, no yeah. way one influenced the other, it was, I mean, one was already in the book, right that way, so, you know what I'm saying, yep. it's just very similar characters that had the same kind of, like, I've seen some shit, I'm... Yeah. Not sure how much I'm down with all this. Yeah. Why don't we do something else? Yeah. Try some other things. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's Poseidon Adventure. Yeah, it is. It's terrific. It is. Uh, you should you should seek out and watch the Poseidon Adventure. It's on yeah, Blu-ray. And... I don't know of anything else to say, like, you know, something similar. I mean, Titanic's a disaster movie, but that's not its crux. So, yeah. you know, you're not going to get the, you know, you're not going to get the scale that this gives you. I mean, well, you will get the scale because it's a giant, huge mm-hmm multi-million, million, million, million dollar movie. Yeah. But, you know, like... I mean, I do think The Towering Inferno is as close to this as you're going to get because it's basically the same thing just mm-hmm. in having to go up through a burning building. Um, but, you know, I mean, you could basically point to any disaster movie after this and go, yeah, that's that. Yeah, but the... <laughs> all right, so it's it's funny. I mean, you you could argue that it was done for cost savings, but to me, the thing that I think most disaster movies when they got more money and you know bigger budgets and better effects that we could do like having establishing shots like if this again and we will see because we can watch the Poseidon remake if this were a more modern movie 
I think you would have shots galore of like the ship itself outside. Yeah. But like you watch this happen and then the entire rest of the movie is from their point of view stuck inside the corridors, yes. which I think is far more effective than continually showing you that like having a shot of the outside of the ship is like this, like a shot of hope. Mm-hmm. And like, there's something dismal and, and claustrophobic about the fact that you never leave these sets, you know, inside. Yeah, because I mean, you, you could, I mean, your brain could go in directions of like, man, what's out there? Like, you know, are, is there even a rescue team out there? Is it surrounded by fire? Like what's, right. what's awaiting them when they get to, you know, this, are they all just going to get to that room and die? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. Uh, like I said, I mean, modern, I think modern movies would keep showing you the outside of the boat and like have to like, Oh, well, we got to break this up. It can't just stay in, in here the whole time. It's yeah. like, yeah, it can. That's what makes it really good. Yes. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think it was probably just budgetary reasons why they didn't, but, it works. Yeah, it works better, if yeah. you ask me. Yeah. It does. All right. Uh, there you go. Poseidon Adventure, done. But anyway, thank you for supporting us on Patreon. We really appreciate your dollar or more uh, to get the show a month early every week. It is what you need to do. So if you're listening to this a month later, you could have been enjoying the Poseidon Adventure with us a month earlier. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been a lot of fun for you, but now you had to wait. So. Yeah. Now you got to wait, and you've got all these podcasts <laughs> stacked up. One could say you're underwater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're just drowning in podcasts. Yeah. So uh, anyway, thank you guys for that. If you're not on Patreon right now and getting this early, if you go on over to patreon.com slash bmfcast, throw a dollar or more at us. You'll get this show and about 97 other shows that you can listen to and drown in. Uh, to your heart's content. Also, I want to mention if you go to eBay mm-hmm. and search for BMF Cast, we have started uh, sort of weeding out our our physical media library. So we're going to start putting up a bunch of DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff like that that we don't need to hang on to. Uh, the whole thing is is for charity. We're not getting a dime out of it. Um, it's it's for a good cause, and you get a a physical movie that you can hold on to that we've touched. Mm-hmm. We touched it and now you can touch it. <laughs> yeah. It's the next best thing to touching us. If you want us to ruin it by like writing on it, we can do that too. We, yeah, we can totally do that. <laughs> we will deface it in any way you wish. <laughs> well, not anyway. It's for charity. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying there's there's a lot of people that think a lot of weird things and Fair enough. I'm not being quite that open-ended with it, even right. for charity. We will run it by the executive committee before we <laughs> commit to any defacing. So anyway, that's over at eBay. Search out BMFCast. I don't know how that shit works, but you can find our auctions and mm-hmm. do some good for charity and get you a movie. Maybe we should put a link on our website to our store page. Probably will. We probably should do that. That website, BMFCast.com, soon to have a link to eBay of these things. So check that out. Uh, until next week, I'm Chuck. And I'm Harlow. And this is BMFCast Extra out. <laughs>